Welcome to Self-Compassionate Professor, a podcast helping academics and former academics to find wellness, meaning, purpose, and freedom in life and career. I'm Danielle Delamar. Glad you're here. Hello, everyone. Happy Fourth of July weekend. I am just uh, putting the podcast out a little earlier this week just because of the the weekend I wanted to get it out and then just sort of enjoy the holiday with my family and um it's kind of a weird holiday with uh, the masks and the social distancing but you know I'm gonna choose to to make it good anyway I hope you all have a great fourth of July weekend as well and um I wanted to say briefly that this was such a wonderful interview that I did with a former student of mine who is now also sort of a hero of mine, who a shiro of mine maybe, who has done career in such an authentic and open way, um, in a way that I think many of us would be envious of. Um, she stands in her integrity. Her name's Carolyn, and I'm so excited to introduce you to her interview. And here it comes. Um, oh, I guess I should say also that I did this back in October. So this was all pre-pandemic, um, just for some context. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Hi, Carolyn. We have um, just been chatting a little bit before um, all of this started. And we, oh my gosh, after just having this few minutes of conversation. I'm so excited um, about this interview and and all of your wisdom. Um, So I guess we should probably start, though, by just letting listeners know um, how we know each other. Um, You were in one of my classes at um, uh, MSU Denver back in the day, and I do not remember what year that was, but it was like 2007, 2008, something like that. Gosh, you know, it, I think it had to have been 10 or 11, but I, I, I don't know. All I know is oh. that it was a very, very good class. You were one of my favorite instructors by the curriculum, everything. It was like one of the, one of the classes that stands out the most to me as real learning. Like I really learned so much in that class. Wow. Thank you for saying that. I love hearing that. Oh, um, yeah. No, so, it sticks out as just an amazing, it was an amazing course and experience. That's something. It was uh, culture, communication and culture or some, that, that was cultural class, influences but, on communication. Yes. And yes, holy <laughs> cow, talk about, talk about, like, helpful, applicable, like, really, really, really good, really good curriculum and just, your your the way you approached it and you allowed us to do um talking talking amongst ourselves you know like you really encouraged mm. us to sit in a circle and we we talked it out and we we brought up some very sensitive subjects and we we I feel like I got to know those the other students very well and also I just loved them because we talked about such real and deep things that it, it was amazing it was an amazing course Wow. It's so funny um, you say all of that because, you know, um, 
those are the things sometimes I feel sh- I, I felt shame about when I was in academe, right? Because I I was somebody who did it differently, and um, sometimes I would have students. Um, sort of complain about my not delivering content in a in a more sort of I don't know linear lecture yeah. way. Amen. Um, Amen. So, I'm so glad you didn't. I'm so glad you didn't. <laughs> yeah, you know, I love hearing that. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and so anyway, at some point we became Facebook friends and. Um, I've just seen your posts here and there, and there was a point at which I was really perked up because you were talking about things that were really resonating with me. Um, They were things that were spiritual. They were things that um, were very sort of wisdom-focused, and um, that's why I reached out to you because I knew you were doing something in the world that I wanted to feature on the this podcast. Um, oh, so thank you, and I'm so honored to get to share even more with you. And gosh, it feels like I'm returning the favor. You you brought so much knowledge and wisdom to me, and I get to you know share share with you as well. So it, it makes me feel really good, and I'm I'm just super glad you reached out. I I'm pretty sure that. I friended you on Facebook because I loved your class and I loved you and I thought you were great and you were leaving to another institution and I was like, you know, is this weird if I friend my professor? Like, is that weird? But I did it anyway. (laughs) I'm so glad you did because, I I mean, that's one of the things in the same way um, you sort of talk about remembering um, my class. I remember... I remember you so well because there was, um, and I know we were talking about this before um, we we hit record, but we were. Ta- I, I was just telling you about there's this always been this sort of wisdom and calmness and openness that I have always appreciated about you, and I remember leaving class with you often, and we just having you know just regular conversations, and I I, I felt a sense of uh, just comfortability that I I didn't deal with a lot of students, right? Um, it was just yeah. a, there was just a calmer sort of energy with you. I could tell you were somebody I could trust. Um, so, yeah, it's funny. It's funny. It's interesting how this stuff works. I mean, you, I guess you are an energy worker, so it's all energy. Yeah. In, oh, in, yeah. No, it makes in some so ways, sense. right? <laughs> yeah. And now, it, you know, it makes so much sense on a vibrational or a frequency level you know like if we look at it as energy we've come back around together and it it totally makes sense to me but (laughs) I think it's great here we go doing it oh my god I'm so excited to have this conversation then because I don't know anything about Reiki I don't do energy work um, at least in the way that I've at least in the way that I understand it um, so let's um, yeah so let me start with um, I want to start with the, the stuff you sent me for your bio. Um, so you said, my most meaningful accomplishment to date is my decision to pursue my purpose in the world as a full-time career. And then you also said, the biggest lesson I've learned on the way to living my purpose is that I am only truly happy when I'm living my authentic truth. So. Totally. I know now through social media <laughs> that you 
are um, now, uh, and actually through what you sent me as well before while we were um, getting ready for the podcast, um, you are, let's see, a Reiki master teacher and a teacher of A Course in Miracles. When I knew you back in the day, when you were in my class, you were um, working at an art college. And so I want to talk about when it struck you that you needed to become something else. You needed, you had a bigger purpose than working at an art college. And um, just kind of paint us the picture of what was going on. What was life like? Yeah. What were you feeling? What were you thinking? All that. So I... I wasn't ever one of the people that was like, I know I'm going to be a doctor and I'm going to go be a doctor and here I go. Like I didn't, I didn't do that. I struggled with trying to figure out my path from the very beginning. But I knew that whatever I did, I would do, you know. So when I, when I was working at the art college, it was probably my longest career. Before that, I was doing things like, I worked as a reservation agent at Frontier Airlines, and I worked at Starbucks, and I worked at, like, these serving jobs. So I never had a career until I got into higher ed, and when I was in higher ed, I evolved from a basic, like, enrollment specialist where I was working in admissions and getting people's files, like, from application to matriculation, and this was all good and fine. Then I got recruited to be in the uh, institutional assessment and, um, well, at that time it was institutional research and assessment office. They, the woman in that, uh, in that role, the director, she recruited me because I was doing little help jobs for her, and she was like, you're really, you're really smart. Like, I like working with you. Let, you want to work for this office. And I, I transferred out of admissions into institutional research and assessment. And then I had been there for, I guess, that was the majority, like six years. So I was, I was there for a total of eight years, and that was the longest position I had ever held or the same – I worked for the same organization for that long of a time, right? The other, the other jobs were like jobs, and I kind of – could not find my place, but I was really good at learning, and I was really good with data, and I was really good with people, and I was really good at all these different things that I was being asked to do in my jobs, and it just, it worked well for me, but I don't honestly think that, I, you know, I felt trapped in a way that, like, I would leave my home, spend eight plus hours away from home and come home with just enough time to go to sleep and get back up and do it again. And it was like, this just didn't really feel good or make sense. And so I knew when things started getting very challenging at work, like the, the projects, we would do the projects and then they would not utilize the work. They would like go with what they already decided they wanted to do. So it was like they'd give us jobs and then they wouldn't use our work. So I'm like, what am I even doing here? Like you're literally paying me and I'm not really at value because you're going to, the administration or the, the higher ups, they would do what they wanted to do anyway and they wouldn't even be using mm. our work. So I'm like, so there's a whole bunch of us that are very dedicated 
and we show up and we do our work and we do the best we can and none of it gets used. So I'm there was the that at that point I was like something something doesn't make sense here. So this school is running itself, but it's not off of the people who work here. <laughs> it's like, it's still running though. So I'm like, this is interesting. And so I started playing with the projects. Like I would, you know, I'm not proud to say, but I'd take shortcuts. I wouldn't try as hard and they wouldn't use my work and I'd still get paid. And I was just like, this is crazy. This is really mm. crazy. Like, I'm like, this is, it just doesn't make sense to me. And I thought, you know, this was also at the time when I was finishing up my degree at Metro. So my capstone courses and things, I was doing an entrepreneurship minor, and I was reading books like um, The Millionaire Fast Lane by M.J. DeMarco, and I was reading The Four Disciplines of Execution by Chris McChesney, Sean Covey, and Jim Hulling. Like these books – were telling me, like, you have so much more power than you give yourself. Like, you have way more power than you're even allowing yourself to exercise, right? So it's like I'm working for someone else when really, like, there's more opportunity out there than what we've been taught. And along with my entrepreneurship curriculum and kind of where I was at in my career, I was like, I got to get out of this. This is not serving me. It's not even serving the school technically, you know, like what I, I'm <laughs> right. contributing nothing. Like they're not even using it. So I'm like this just in in a like looking at it from a higher perspective, it just was like it kind of was meaningless. And so mm. I was like, wow, I'd like to explore this entrepreneurship. And I, I wanted to get into that so I could make more money. And I wanted to be better off than I had ever been and feeling like, okay, the only way to make more money is to get out of like a salary-based job and like create more streams of revenue for myself. But that's not ultimately what was really pulling me. That's what I thought was drawing my attention. But ultimately, it was the freedom. It was the freedom to have a comfortable life and like, not be a slave to somebody else's agenda. Like mm. literally that was meaningless, a meaningless agenda. And I was a, trapped in it. So just kind of like those two things, me graduating, like it took me very, it took me like 16 years to graduate from college, which I think is hilarious now. Like I'm, I used to be ashamed <laughs> to admit that, but now I'm like, that's hilarious. Cause that shows you how not, I did not fit into the, prescribed like this is how you do things <laughs> I was like I right. fought it so bad and all my circumstances were sh like becoming making it challenging for me to do what I'm quote unquote supposed to do but I did it I did it painfully and I did it over a long period of time but the way my life was intersecting with work and with school I was just like I'm going to, I want to be my own boss. You know, I want to make my own money. I want to work hard every day for me, not for someone else, basically. Uh, okay. So uh, did this, uh, did this um, epiphany, it sounds like it kind of is something that, that grew with time, but do you have a particular moment where, you it just struck you oh my god i got to get out um or or was it something that was more long term 
You know, I think it's a little bit of both. Like it was building and it was building and it, it took my awareness of like, wow, over and over and over and over again, I'm keep, I feel disappointed. I feel mm-hmm. all these things that did not feel right. And then it was, it was the ethics of the organization that ultimately made me want to leave. And um, it was around the time that we were submitting a gigantic, it was like this huge report. You're probably familiar with the HLC, the Higher Learning Commission. They make you do um, institutional, uh, like it's the accreditation process essentially. And there was a 10-year review that we had to complete. And it was it was literally killing every single one of us. Like every employee was being asked to do above and beyond what their job requirements were and additional work and like the work of three or four people. And, and it was, it was gross. It was the grossest, um, how they got it all done. And then in the end they submitted lies. They submitted fabrications. They, took out what we put in and put in what they wanted to be seen as. So it was the ethics of the organization that ultimately made me think, I got to get out of here. I was, I was literally getting depressed, mm. anxious. Mm. My health mm. was not good. I was not okay mentally. And physically I was starting to decline because when your mental health is at risk it's, or suffering, it's, it also puts your – health at risk. So I was stressed, I was depressed, I was feeling completely lost and upset and just not, 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 not good things. Wow. Okay. Um, I, you know, I, I uh, read a book in the spring called Bullshit Jobs and there's, there's this, uh, it's, uh, it's written by an anthropologist um, who talks about just the meaninglessness that goes into so many of the jobs that we do that, that uh, in the same way that you're talking about, right? Like, I, I do all this work, and then it doesn't matter at all. Um, and so I'll take <laughs> shortcuts because whatever. Um, and I, yeah. but, but I guess the, the bigger, more important thing is that you, you just said, I felt trapped, lost, upset disappointed, depressed, anxious, all of that stuff. And how common do you think that is in our society? Oh, my um, gosh. It's got to be so Like, common. to feel that. It's got to be. Yeah. Yeah, to feel yeah. that because of your job. Like, that's what I guess I'm thinking about specifically. Oh, well, I mean, this is supposed to be all, – all that work that I did was supposed to be collaborative. Like, that's why I was like, this is trash. Like, this is crazy. Like, what in the what? We cannot be the only, this was not the only organization that was having their employees play the part and then they just do whatever they're going to do anyway, right? I really believe that a lot of people feel like um, what they put into their work or the value that they add is either not acknowledged, not in the alignment with the mission, whether that's like a formal mission or informal, you know, like we know we say we want to do better for the students, but really it's about the bottom line and things like this. Like Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's, Mm -hmm. I'm sure a lot of it boils down to money and people. um, Yeah. I, I can't imagine that, that, that I would be the only one experiencing that. I'm sure, I'm sure 
people all over the place feel like they cannot do, like teachers, you might even yeah. be able to relate. Like you can't do it the way you want. There's a set curriculum that you don't get out of. Like you can't deviate from the curriculum or whatnot. Or, or if you even deliver the curriculum in a different way, it's mm-hmm. like you get looked at or judged or, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I feel like I felt sick to my stomach. Like that was for, for me. I just, it was the gross feeling that you, that you yeah. talked about. I felt gross. gross all the time. Like, ugh, I can't, like, I, I would spontaneously cry every morning before work. Yeah. Um, oh. Just all that. And, and the other thing that that brings up for me when you say that is authenticity. Um, this, like, like organizationally we are not being authentic and so that forces us personally to not be authentic and when we have to lie to ourselves and lie to the world around us what does that then create right it it creates a whole lot of illness like physical mental and like illness of the the earth of the planet (laughs) all of those things i completely completely agree we're creating that that's not how planet earth is the that's not how it is it's like we are forcing it that way we're making it so we're we're creating that sickness because it isn't that isn't our natural state that's not how we're supposed to be we're supposed to be able to contribute and add value and and not and and have it be real have it be truly received Mm. 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 (laughs) okay so let me talk about, let's talk then about Reiki. Um, tell me a little bit about what you do and um, how you made the transition into it. Um, yeah, just what's, what's the history? Yeah, well, I, you know, found Reiki kind of not by accident, because I don't believe that it was an accident, right? But I wasn't for it but I did always say I want to help people I just don't know how I don't know how I'm going to help people and in the organization that I was working for people I was I was seen as the you know the cheerer upper and I wasn't actually actively trying to cheer people up I just I like to visit I like to see how people are doing I like to check in on their projects can I help like there was a lot of innate service in me. Like I just really wanted to help and be, be like helpful. Like how simple is that? That's not even, and I didn't Mm. know how to accomplish that. And when I found Reiki, I was at one of these metaphysical fairs, the body, mind, spirit fair um, in Denver And I saw my Aunt Barbara, who is not actually my aunt, but she was a close friend of the family. And so she was was that important and special to our family that we we called her Aunt Barbara. And she's there, and she's doing Reiki. And I'm like, I don't even know what that is. And by the looks of it, it looks like not much. There's a person laying on the, like, massage table, fully clothed, and she's putting her hands on and over these people. And... I was like, I'm going to try this because it's my Aunt Barbara. I love her, and, you know, she's doing her thing, and she looks really into it, and she's happy. And 
and I've always really loved her. And so I got a 20-minute Reiki session from her, not knowing what to expect. And when I walked away, I was feeling lighter, more Mm. clear-headed, more positive, like a little bit like the drunk happy, but without feeling drunk. (laughs) Like it was just like, life is so good. Like, wow. Wow. I just had this like overall love and appreciation for my moment and, and everything that was, and things weren't perfect at that point in my life. You know, there was a lot of problems happening, going on. And this was in 2017. So I had been out of my, I think it was 2016 or 2017. So I had been out of my career for about a year. And initially I started working for my husband who had his own business and I was helping him do the pool table business. And that was my interim while I figured out what kind of like entrepreneur I'm going to be. Well, after having that feeling and that experience from the Reiki, which was only 20 minutes, I was like, what, what in the what was that? That was that was a trip. Like she didn't, she barely even touched me and I feel great, like great. And um, a couple weeks after that, she got in touch with me and she said, you know, I'm teaching Reiki. I will be doing a certification on this day. Would you like to, would you like to check it out? And I was like, oh uh, yeah, I would. I really would. That was awesome. And I didn't know what I was getting into, but my very first, um, it's level one, Reiki attunement and certification, I had the most spiritual experience. And I, this is my weird, this is where my freak flag flies because (laughs) I had never, I wasn't raised religious. I wasn't raised with any kind of religion or spirituality, nothing, 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 nothing. And when I was attuned to Reiki, I saw Jesus. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I just, you know, I have to take back all of the the jokes that I've made throughout my life about, like, you know, that story about the guy who's obviously not real and da-da-da-da-da-da. I saw Jesus wow. in, my, in my third eye. Like, he showed up with his little halo. Like, he had this glow around him. And after that, I felt different. I felt so different <laughs> and it's very and 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 so can I just ask what it was just like a fleeting image that happened at some point or was there a very or was there a particular moment when that image came to to mind do you do you know so yeah I do so it was during my Reiki certification class we were going through a meditation they were just having us meditate and so we're all sitting on the couch there was four of us girls like just Um, sitting on the couch, and my teacher, my Aunt Barbara, was just doing like a little bit of a guided meditation, and we are, we were guided to meet our Reiki guide, and I was like, this isn't going to work, I don't know how to visualize anything, I've never done it before, I'm not good at it, I'm going to fail at this, like literally all this stuff is going on in my, during the meditation, which was probably you know, absolutely not, not what I was supposed to be doing. But here I was thinking, I'm, this isn't going to work. I'm going to be the only one that doesn't meet the Reiki guide, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and, and, like, and like, as 
as we're doing the meditation, it was a fleeting moment. It was very brief, but it was undeniable. Like, I would say a split second, I saw it, and I, I saw him, and, and it was like his, it was like from his shoulders up, and he just showed himself, and I heard in my mind, Jesus Christ. And you did. I saw him. Wow. So I was like, I guess my guide is Jesus. You know, like, I, so I, I shared that at the end of the meditation, there was a gal who was like, I saw a black panther. And then this other gal was like, I saw this little short bald man named Ephraim. And, <laughs> and I'm like, this is so crazy. And I'm like, I guess I saw Jesus. <laughs> and my, you know, like, it was just, it was, yeah, two points. Okay, so, so then my next question is, when you see Jesus and you hear Jesus Christ and you actually hear yourself say that to the group as somebody who's never been religious and has always sort of joked about it, oh my um, God. how like, do you feel? Like, what, what's going through your mind and heart and where are you? Um, I thought, this is wackadoo. Like, I... I <laughs> I'm now a hypocrite, like, you know, because the, the vision of him was so loving. You know, you hear that about everybody who says they see Jesus. It's so true. Like, when I saw that image, I felt unconditional love through and through. And actually, I was, I was a little sad it didn't last longer. And, mm. and then I had to mm. rethink. That's why I think it was so pivotal for me is because I was not into that, that I didn't even believe that story really existed or whatever and I still don't know if the story itself is exactly what went down but it doesn't matter because I didn't learn it right so I don't have to unlearn it it's fine like whatever it was and whatever it's been turned into by our society culture across the planet like we go to war over this guy right like he's the most controversial Mm -hmm. and so it made me it made me a little worried I don't really share that with a lot of people and I'm okay with sharing it now because you know I actually don't care if other people don't believe me because it was real to me so Mm. that really is this the point where I'm like okay so I was wrong what I know is not all there is to know that's what I know now is I am living in something that is much more than I know. Like, I don't, mm. it, it was humbling. It was very humbling. It was very, uh, it's kind of like I still fear mentioning that. I still feel I'm going to be judged or there's going to be some like retaliation against me because I'm saying that or like people are going to not like who I am anymore because I've now brought in this very controversial figure, like this spiritual teacher and like, I'm going to lose half my friends. And that mm. is actually the thing that has taken me this long to come out and actually say, this is what's real. Like, I saw Jesus. It, it was not the guy on the cross hanging there sad. No, it was this, like, glowing, beautiful, loving forgiveness of an energy that was so pure and so awesome that I, re- I can basically rethink my whole perspective and my whole life like it's it's not what I think wow. it is so yeah and it's it's still I'm kind of I've been putting it out there with the Course in Miracles because it is a Jesus channel book and what I'm trying to do is introduce these ideas using 
translated words. Like God is not God, God is love. And so if you can tell yourself these ideas, replacing the word God with the word love, then it doesn't trigger you. And then maybe you'll hear the idea. And then maybe you'll remember the idea. And then maybe you might actually someday try to apply the idea. And then you'll get to see it's real. And it's true. And that like love is the the greatest power and the best like it can transform what we know as earth into heaven like we really can experience that but right now we have such a program and such a resistance to god and because of what has been created around it with the misunderstanding and the and the controlling of other people and all that there's so much that has tainted or distorted the the love and the teaching of what god truly is and can do for us and that we are it and and so I'm still kind of like, you know, I'm full in. Like both feet, God, I'm in. I, I believe it. I know it. I understand it. But I'm still trying to figure out a way to present it so that it doesn't trigger people, it doesn't put people off, and they can hear it too. Because it's okay. good stuff. Yeah. Okay. So so. Love is the feeling you got when you saw this image, um, and and it's the the feeling that that has. Um, that you told me just before um, we started this interview, the the recording, that uh, that's what Reiki is. It's love. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, so I, I so I want to unpack that a little bit. And then you also mentioned A Course in Miracles, and I want to unpack that as well because, you know, not everybody knows about that. So, right. um, let's, yes. so let's start with love and how Reiki is love and what, what that means. Yeah, and that's, the, that's what's so cool about all of this coming together for me is it it's all plays a part. And so, yes, Reiki – because I did kind of go off on a wild tangent, and that, that's, how, that's how my life is now. It's very, it's very, there's no linear path, and it's very expansive, mm-hmm. so there's no limit, right? So I can go all yep. kinds of crazy, but um, totally. bringing yes. it back Love to it. Reiki, yeah, the Reiki that I channel, so Reiki is actually an energy healing practice that I, I actually um, use my hands and my eyes to extend the Reiki energy and it's life force energy that everybody already has in us. We all are breathing. Therefore we have life force energy. That is the Reiki. I do is I channel it. I amplify it and I I'm attuned to it so that I can send it more directly and at a greater level than somebody who let's say is not attuned to Reiki. And it's an energy healing practice very much like um, massage or acupuncture, but it's it's like you don't I don't manipulate or massage that's not very invasive when it comes to the body. I, I lay my hands on, or I can even have my hands near a person, but I don't have to touch them. And their clothes are always on, and it works with their own energy. And I've ha- I have many 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 stories of people feeling the benefit and receiving a lot of benefit that was planned and unplanned when they got their Okay. Okay, so, so what does a client come to you with and like what what is one of those good stories? 
So, oh my gosh, I, it's so hard to pick just one. But um, so people come to me because they either feel like anxious, tired, depressed. They could have physical pain, like maybe they were in a car accident. Um, uh, and it, it treats all kinds, everything from physical to emotional to spiritual. So any ailment, basically, can be treated with Reiki. And the, beautiful, the, the cool thing about Reiki is it does go and serve and help whatever it's supposed to help, right? So I had a gentleman come to me because he had vertigo. Well, not only did he feel relief and his vertigo has disappeared, like gone, and he had wow. like three, three to five sessions before he reported this back to me. He said, my vertigo has gone. But what I'm really excited about is that I feel clear-minded and my hearing has improved. He said, my hearing yeah, he's this older gentleman who didn't even believe in it in the first place, but he was willing to try it because he's like, he, he thought I was a nice lady. So he's like, I'm willing to check out what this is you offer. And he was able, he got a 60% decrease in his hearing aids. So he has $3,000 hearing aids. He used to have to have them up all the way to hear people. Now he has them at about 40% of what he usually has, and he's hearing better what? than ever. Yeah, and that was not what he came to me for. But his vertigo did, like, get better. He has more positive outlook on life. He's feeling less anxious, more clear-minded. He's actually decided to pursue a legal battle that was, like, he he lost millions of dollars in this thing and with his ex-wife, blah dee da 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 Anyways, he's at 77 years old. He's actually trying to get this money back because he feels – mental clarity he feels inspired wow. and he feels he deserves it so not only and and like he just he has had such remarkable um results that he's he comes to me weekly every week wow yeah and it's only a half so, hour session so, yeah that's what i was just gonna ask okay so it's a half hour session and what what would it look like? Um, just I, I know that yeah. they're probably all a little bit different, but like generally. Yeah. Well, in general, people will come to my home office. I have a massage table that's set up, and it's in a nice quiet room that I've turned into like a very nice spa-like ambiance, right? So it's very calming, very simple, very um, – I've got like – crystals and just some like really soothing things and I run um, aromatherapy so I use um, essential oils and such but I create a very relaxing environment what I have people do is I have them lay on their back if they're comfortable laying down and they're fully clothed I then start drawing in the energy I get the Reiki um, turned and I I start placing my hands in different positions over their body. And I get communication and guidance from, I call it the higher realm, because it's not very specific about where I'm getting this information, but it's definitely not mine. It's given to me, and then I get to relay that information. I just say, you know, it's spiritual guidance or angels, or I try to 
feel out where these people are coming from. So if, so I don't, I don't want to trigger them. The idea is to make mm-hmm. sure everybody's as comfortable as possible so that they're able to receive the Reiki. Because as I do these hand positions um, from head to toe on their body, they experience extreme relaxation. Some people feel like it's an induced meditation. Some people feel like they float out of their body. Some people get wow. visual like light and colors in their in their mind like everybody's different everybody's different some people feel nothing they don't feel anything but they get up and they leave and they they notice a difference so when people are done i i usually either wake them up or i just gently get them back into their body and i say that only because it's an unusual feeling it's just it's energy it's like wrapping you in a blanket of energy and it's all very positive reiki can do no harm it's all love it's all what we already are made of but i'm i'm amplifying it and i'm channeling it so everybody feels really crisp and clear and positive and all those things that i was feeling after i had my session you know so i know as soon as i started giving reiki to people I found my purpose because I am helping people. I don't know exactly how, but I know it works. And mm-hmm. and it's like I didn't I didn't know this was a thing until I started doing it. And then as I do it more and more and more, my practice develops and I'm given beautiful gifts and abilities to read people and know what's happening in their life. Like I can tell what's going on just by reading your energy and you have everybody has chakras and they all are basically databases of information that are held in your energy body. So as I, as I assess and read those energy bodies, I know what's going on with you before you even tell me. So some people share what they want help with. Some people don't, and I know anyway. <laughs> and, and it's just it's really amazing. Like I, I don't think any one person has um, never has the same experience. Um, and no two people have the same experience, right? So it's hard to say what you might get out of it, but my my suggestion is if you're interested in in self-care and you exercise all your options, like I do my nails, but it just it's not doing it for me anymore. Or I get I love my hair getting done, or I, I go to the float tank or I get massages. It's all along the same um idea but it's just another option another tool that somebody could use to do self-care and it requires a reiki practitioner but if that reiki practitioner is good they can give you tools to take home with you to Mm. help yourself and build your own gifts and learn about your own energy and how to um, pay attention to it and also how to care for it so Mm. it's quite elusive. A lot of people still don't believe, quote unquote, believe in it. But, you know, we don't understand or believe how these cell phones work. Like I couldn't build a cell phone that would call somebody over in China. And I know it gets to them just by boop, 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 dialing this number. It just gets there. And then you're on my phone and it's a voice. And yes, that's you. And yes, it's real time. Like we don't understand that, but we do it and we use it and we get the benefit of it. So that's, that's kind of what I think of with Reiki. Like, your belief doesn't it you don't you're not required to believe it to get the benefit from it now if somebody really actively resists the idea they can energetically block 
receiving the benefit of the Reiki. But, you know, if somebody's just kind of like, well, that sounds weird, and I don't know if I believe that. Well, my, that gentleman that came to me, he was 77 years old. He's old school, doesn't really get anything that's happening these days, doesn't understand it, can't really quite use the interweb. <laughs> but he gets so much benefit from the Reiki, and he, he's adorable. He's like, I don't understand it, but it works. And so he's referred and recommended so many people to me that that client, one client alone has really boosted my business. Um, to get it from, like, not very many people to a significant more base clientele base. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. Yeah. So these are people, I mean, you said they, they kind of go into a meditative state. Um, yeah. This is, but people don't necessarily have to have, like, meditation experience, right? They just go in and they can nope. get there without it. Exactly. It's just like you don't need experience for a massage, right? You lay there and you receive. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing. In fact, I, I say if you don't meditate or you find it hard to meditate, try Reiki because what it'll do is it'll push you into this meditative state and you, you wouldn't know how you got there. It would be effortless to you. And then you would get all the benefits of a meditation plus you get this energy healing. Wow. Okay, so let's talk for a second about A Course in Miracles. Tell us what that is. Oh, my gosh. Tell us, I could do um, like a five-hour podcast on all this stuff because I could just talk and talk and talk and talk about it. But <laughs> that's probably um, – I, I should ask, are you okay with time at this moment? I, I am. I'm totally fine. Okay. Totally fine. Okay, cool. Me um, too. I have no, nothing after this. I actually love talking about A Course in Miracles so much, I have to start – doing more live videos, more streaming, more podcasts myself because I can't talk about it enough. So I'll try and get it into a nice condensed version. <laughs> Basically, I... And then have, we'll just tell people, go to Carolyn Shares yeah, yeah, <laughs> to find out more. I'm just, gonna, I'm just getting started. I'm just getting started for all those reasons of like, I've actively been doing this, but to put myself out there, that's I'm at the beginning of that, and so it's gonna get it's gonna get crazy because I'm gonna go for it. I'm just gonna I love it. I love it so much. And um, awesome. even like Marianne Williamson, like you had mentioned, you know of her and you've seen her. I actually from the very beginning when she I found out she was a Course in Miracles teacher and I heard some of her things, it really triggered me. She uses a lot of the heavy Christian terminology and doesn't translate it for you, you know. So. I really resisted the message coming through Marianne Williamson. But I did find in 2012, at the very end of 2012, I found this Course in Miracles teacher in Denver who I think is the best Course in Miracles teacher. I will aspire to be as good as as he is, if not like take it in my own direction. But really a lot of my um, ideas are are from – observing how he teaches. It's very simple. It's very straightforward. It's kind of like, I didn't create this message. I'm just giving you the message <laughs> that it's what it's saying, you know, and then you get to do with it whatever you want. And basically... Okay, so can we... I'm sorry. Let's, let, can, let's just backtrack for a second. A yeah. Course in Miracles is a book, and it came from who? There was... And yeah. why are there teachers who are teaching about this book? You know, I think... I. 
you know, I think people teach the Course in Miracles because the basis of a Course in Miracles is teaching and learning love. We are, it says we are, the Course in Miracles is a channeled book. It's been channeled by a person who does not claim to have written the book. Um, her name is Helen Shuckman, and she, she actually has a Jewish background, and she and her partner were teaming up to capture all of the things that were coming through her because she uh, claimed that Jesus was speaking through her, and so she captured all of this um, on paper, and hence the birth of The Course in Miracles. Um, and she's a lot like you, too, right, in that she didn't – did she have a religious background? I, for some reason, I feel like she didn't, but maybe I'm wrong. She, yeah, she wasn't. She was a more scientific kind of person. Yeah, she, she was an academic, right? Yeah, an academic yeah. and a scientific academic, all of that. Yeah, and she – this was not her thing either, but she was given the information and was not able to deny it and ended up writing for seven years. Seven years it took to get all of these words on paper, and she um, she definitely doesn't claim to have written it. She just channeled it, right? So, wow, the, yeah, it's kind of it's a trip. So if you just think about the Course in Miracles being a channeled book, here's your first resist. This is the first resistance that comes up. You're like. Us logical people are like, no, that's not possible. How is that possible? Like, that's your first block, right? So initially, like, what I notice is there is so much about this book that we find resistance to. Teachers of The Course in Miracles are helping bring it into awareness for more people because it's, it's obviously something these teachers get meaning out of and have – enjoyed or benefit from and so I think that's why I'm doing it is I've seen profound changes and improvements in my entire life in my relationships in my especially my relationship with myself um, and that's why I think people teach out of the course of miracles it's hard to understand there's because there's a lot of things that we as people, humans, resist to hear the truth because we're almost conditioned and we there's this fearful part of our minds that wants us to stay stuck and fearful and um, not healed, essentially. So the Course in Miracles gives you lessons and ideas that you can apply to your life that show you the true meaning of love. And they show okay, so you. So what's the most, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, it just it 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 is a thought system and a practice that changes your entire reality. So people who say, Oh yeah, I read the Course of Miracles, I know for a fact they didn't because <laughs> it's, it's like that's not how this book works. It's kind of like any truth text where you can read it over and over and over and still hear new things, get new mm -hmm. things out of it. It almost it's almost like a different book every time you read it, even though it's the same thing over and over and over. I mean, it's literally page after page after page of the same idea, but said in a different way. And it's, it's all about healing your mind because a course in miracles can also be seen that, or you can think of it as a course in correct perception because having a correct perception 
is a miracle. It's what will bring you uh, peace. Because you can't change your circumstances, but you can change your mind. So it gives you tools to help you change your mind so that you can have a peaceful experience. And it's, it helps you to remove the blocks of fear. That's, like, that's what it says. We're going to help you dissolve the blocks of fear because you are love and the presence of love is always there and it always exists. But we create stories that block mm. love. And we live in them like they're real. So what? So give us an example of a fear, because you talked about your relationship with yourself has really improved. Give us an example yes. of a fear that you have experienced, um, that you've sort of applied these lessons to, and, and it's helped you through. Okay, so, I mean, I guess it could be like, here I think that getting a job and going to a nine-to-five so I have financial stability, health insurance, and a, and a retirement fund, these are all things that I'm told are for my own best interest. But what The Course in Miracles would say is that I don't perceive my own best interest. That's one of the lessons. In fact, um, it talks about Everything that we do and we intend to do, we don't actually know why we want to do that. <laughs> we we, are, we mm. are doing it out of fear, right? So, like, if we were truly being loving to ourselves, we would be a musician because I love music and it pours out of me and it makes me feel good, but I'm going to work at this 9-to-5 job because I need health insurance. And... It guarantees me a paycheck. And these are all fear-based decisions that we, we, don't, we don't perceive our own best interests. So we listen to the fear. We listen to the story, and we do things, basically, that are not in alignment with who we really are. So um, I so, – oh, I'm sorry. So I just want to say really quickly – you had said to me just before the interview, simplicity is difficult for twisted minds. Yeah. Um, that was something that I had, like, written down because I thought it was so interesting. Um, and then now what you're saying to me is that fear is the thing that creates a twisted mind. 100%. The course calls that yeah. the insane curriculum. So if, it's, if it makes you feel like shit or you don't like it or it's really uncomfortable and, you know, things – Things that make me feel afraid, that is truly an insane curriculum. It's insane learning. We've learned to be insane. But who we truly are is sane and loving. So that's too easy. That's too easy for most of us. Like, I think the reason that I'm going to be one of the best Course in Miracles teachers is because I can truly embrace that and believe it and demonstrate it. It's like... Well, that thought is really uncomfortable and unloving, and it makes me feel like crap. So I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to exercise my miracle-mindedness, change my mind, think of it differently, like, oh, this car accident is actually for my own best interest. I don't know how, but it was meant to be for whatever reason, and therefore, I will learn from it whatever I need to learn from it. And that would bring me more peace than saying, oh, my gosh, I'm going to lose my 
job and I'm going to be in debt because of all these medical bills and I'm, I don't even have a car anymore. Like all of those thoughts are fearful thoughts. And the, mm-hmm. the correct perception would be, wow, now I don't have a car payment. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's really, mm-hmm. it's really, really hard for us to wrap our, our minds around because we're very fixated on knowing. We want to know. We want to be right. We want to, and that's not necessarily your path, right? So, so, so it's the correct perception to be like, yay, I don't have a car payment now because, <laughs> yes, because one, simple, and two, it makes you feel better as opposed to feeling anxious and freaked out and all that. Yes, we could live in the story of how horrible the car accident was or we can live in the story of how, what a blessing it was. Like, mm-hmm. it's a choice. And that's our only power is to choose how we see things because we can't choose the circumstance, right? Like you got very ill, but you know what? You got ill and it busted you out of your prison called work. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it could be like the most devastating thing in the world if that's where you want your mind to be. Or you can say this illness set me free in ways that I can't even describe. Like it's gotten me Amen. to me better than anything could have gotten me to know me ever, right? So, like, that's a correct perception. You're correct. Like, anything that's really true and loving is a correct perception. Anything that's fearful and not nice is fear. There's only two things. But, see, we want to, we want to put things in, like, we want to put them in categories. We want to put them in hierarchies. We want to make one thing worse than another. And the Course in Miracles really helps you relearn that there is no small upset, right? All upsets are the same. If your stub your toe is the same as losing your house, like, you're upset. You've lost your peace. If you've stubbed your toe and you're not happy about it, you're not in perfect peace. But if you mm. lose your house and you're not happy about it, you're not in perfect peace. But also you could, you know, transform any situation by seeing it correctly will bring you peace. And that's the whole course of miracles. It's learning how to have peace and wow. acceptance of all things. I mean, I, I, I feel like, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and it, we're, that does not mean we're saying you can go be a murderer or a pedophile and that's okay. What, what, that's not it. <laughs> that's like, and that's what people like to do is put it in the extreme. Like, well, Hitler's not innocent. You can't see that perfectly and innocently. Well, yeah, but you're not in that Holocaust. You need to look at your physical reality and say what's making me upset and what makes me happy and bring me peace and joy and then work on those things correct your mind about those things because looking at the holocaust is a bigger situation that your brain hasn't corrected you can't you can't jump to like level 10 and try to correct that first you have to correct like my teacher of of course miracles would say work on seeing it correctly when somebody steals your parking space right start there don't start with the uh. Hitler and the Holocaust because you're not – don't start with your daddy, like, <laughs> issue where he abandoned you. Like, that's not where you start. You start with the correct perception about somebody stole my parking space. <laughs> or Okay. Like, so you practice I miss, with the yeah, small I stuff my and then you get to that. Yeah. I missed okay. my appointment, but 
that must mean it's for everybody's best interest. That must mean the timing worked out universally so that everything was in perfect place. Oh my gosh, and if I see it correctly, the next appointment I have was with the, the doctor I preferred, and I got a better result, right? So like, uh, it's, it's all, I, I could, and I feel like I could help people change their mind and see things differently because that's the thing that people are like, well, how do I see this? I have a chronic illness. How do I see that correctly? Like, you can't tell me I can see that correctly. And it's like, no, I, I, I can. I can help you based on what the Course in Miracles says. Okay. So you've got two things that you're doing. Um, and the one is with the Reiki, with the life force energy um, and channeling it and amplifying it. Um, and then you also have the sort of helping people to channel their thoughts about things so that they yes. are ha feeling happier and healthier and all of that. So do those things, do you blend those things or those are just two different things you do at this point? You know, what's really interesting is I can't, like draw a direct line from point A to point B. But here's the thing. Jesus channeled this Course in Miracles text and he showed up in my mind when I met him as my Reiki guide. So there mm. is something to the mm. connection. Mm. There is something in my purpose and my ability and skill set that encompasses both of these energies, right? So I, I see them as the same. Life force energy makes you feel good, right? So that is loving, and that is the correct perception. So if, you know, um, I, you know, in the world of evidence and proof and all these things, like I can't actually draw a direct line, but I am that bridge. I feel the connection. I, I see the work and the forgiveness and the correct perceptions and how you heal your mind, which in turn heals your relationships and heals your experience, which helps heal the planet. And then also the Reiki, which is um, physically assisting us, like energetically and physically aiding the feeling better, helping it go faster, turning on a person's innate ability to self-heal. Like, we already self-heal. When you have a tummy ache, you do get better. When you have a cut, it heals. You watch it. What life force energy and Reiki does is speeds it up. It turns it on. So to me, it is 100% all the same, and it just gets to come out in two different modalities, right? A teaching of how to use your mind to have a more peaceful, loving experience, in the world, and then Reiki to help care for yourself and and enhance your well-being and uh, yeah, and wow, give you all this juice to like go out and do your thing, like yeah. Um, so so then that brings up what you know before you were telling me about you know all the all the things that felt so terrible about being sort of trapped in, in, in the soul-crushing job that you were once in. Um, how does it feel now to live in this life that you're in now, this career that you're in now? Um, what does it look like on a day-to-day -day basis? On a day-to-day -day basis, I would say 
the level of freedom and self-compassion that I have is so great. I Mm. am responsible for me and my day. Um, That can also, on a bad day, that can be very scary. It can be very feel, it can feel unstable. It can, but that's in the paradigm of the world and the matrix of what we were talking about, like how we should be. Like I'm unstable how I should be because I'm not making $50,000 like I was at my last job. But the truth is I'm happier. I'm freer. I'm not, I'm not a slave to somebody else's mission, right? Like I am actually adding value and feeling useful and, and my heart feels full. It is Mm. not the stability and security of the world, but it is the most beautiful whole feeling for my soul. And what's more important than me, right? Like I have to feel good during the day. I don't, I, nothing is better in my world if I got all my tasks accomplished at work and got my paycheck and all of this. It's still like, but I'm miserable and I don't feel right. good and I'm always sick and I really want to call in. It's that freedom mm. and it's, it's like I have a lot more unknowns, but I think if you see it correctly, it's very exciting. Like, ooh, it's mm-hmm. unknown what I'm going to do today. Or you, can, or you can be like, oh, my God, I don't have a schedule. Nobody's telling me where to go or what to be. Like, I'm not feeling connected. Well, you, I'm responsible for connecting. If I don't feel connected because I don't have a normal nine-to-five with coworkers, then I need to set up um, working dates, work dates, work meetings with like-minded people so that I get my connection. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like, we're not victims, you know, we're not victims to our circumstances so we can make it anything we want it to be. And I'm still figuring out how to keep my energy and my time for myself and my business. Cause right now my biggest challenge is feeling all this freedom. I like to say yes to a lot of invitations and activities. And then I end up <laughs> feeling like, Oh my God, I didn't, I didn't do what I needed to do for my business and that I'm learning, mm. but you know what? Mm. We never stop. Right. So like I, I, that was something that I think I noted on your, the questions you were, you provided me. It was like, we are like, we are never done. So why do we think we've failed? Like there is no such thing as failure because as long as you wake up the next day, you have another opportunity Mm. to try again. Mm. And it's like a failure is not, it's like, well, that didn't work, but we like to call it failure because then we can feel bad about ourselves and then we can get scared and run back to a nine to five job. But if you just think like, oh, that didn't work out. How can I do it differently? How can I make it work? That's something that we all can do if we want. Absolutely. And so you have this um, inspirational quote or this mantra that I asked you about, and you said, let what comes come, let what goes go. Um, and I too easy. don't think it's I can It's too easy. The... Yeah. 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 It's too easy. And I love that it's simple and easy, and that's what I think is the way we want to go is a way – without resistance, it's easy and effortless. That's what our natural state is, and that's what 
love wants us to experience in this world, but it's, it's like we want to hold on to what's leaving. We don't want it to end. In a world of beginnings and ends, we don't want it to end. So if we can master letting go of what's gone, then we're not upset. We're not in fear. We're not, we're not having a hard time. If we let what needs to come, come, then we're, we're accepting what is and we're seeing it as our path and we're doing with it what we can. That's like, that's the nature of how things are. So why resist it? Why, res- why hold on to things that are not supposed to stay? Why resist things that are coming that you can't, you can't avoid, can't help, you know? You get ill, you have a sickness, you, like these things you cannot avoid. So it's like, if it's going to come, let it come. Don't resist it. Be with mm. it. So you can heal it. But if you resist it, it will persist. And if, if your relationship decides to fall out the bottom and the, your, your beloved leaves you, let them go. Let them go. <laughs> it's kind of mm. like don't hold on to it. That creates pain and suffering for you. So that's, that's one of my most – like that, that sums up the way and the path of least resistance, if you ask me. And that makes for peace. That's how you achieve peace is you don't try to force things and you don't resist things and you don't hold on to things that aren't supposed to be there. And you know what I love that so much of what you're saying comes from so many different wisdom traditions um, and, and it comes from like, um, like positive psychology and um, uh, acceptance and com- acceptance and commitment therapy and um, there, yeah. this message is out there for so many of us in so many different packages and ways um, and it seems like it's the message that needs to be out there and and um, it needs to be packaged in all those different ways so that different people with different sort of preferences can can get the message because it seems like exactly. it is the most important thing. Um, exactly. In the and world. The right? yeah. like who cares? Yeah. Who cares how you get there as long as you get there, right? Like we want to judge it. We want to judge one person one person's way or one person's path when really it's like all paths are necessary. All paths are unique and as long as they get to the truth, the truth will never contradict itself. All these philosophies and teachings and thought systems, the reason they all sound the same is because they all are in alignment with what's really true. And not just true mm-hmm. for one type of person, it's true for all of us. Like the truth of gravity. Mm-hmm. It applies to all of us. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, okay. Well, Carolyn, you're just an amazing teacher. And so I'm excited for you to start your podcast soon and, all, and your videos and all of that. Um, is there anything you want to um, leave us with in terms of like um, where we can find you or we can follow you, any of those kinds of things? Well, thank you very much for asking. Um, you can definitely, any of the listeners can definitely find me on Facebook. I have a page called Carolyn Shares, and I believe the actual address is facebook.com uh, forward slash Carolyn Mackey Miracle Booster forward slash. I think that's it. Um, 
also you can just do a search for Carolyn Shares and you probably will find the page within Facebook. And um, I'm on Instagram. That's another platform that I've already started sharing on. And my Instagram handle is Carolyn Shares. So cool. those are the two that are active and going. And if somebody is interested in seeing my work or seeing what I do, they can find me there. I've also got my website up, which is carolynshares.com. And the YouTube channel that I plan on start putting out more regular video is going to be um, accessible from YouTube. It's, there's nothing there yet. So um, this is giving me really good momentum and inspiration to get more information out. So that's coming. Okay. And by and the I'm time just... this airs, it probably will, some stuff will probably be up. So people should yeah. definitely check it out. Oh my yeah. gosh, guaranteed, okay. because this is, this is it. This is go time. Yep, going to start posting. Okay. And the YouTube channel would be Carolyn Shares, yes? Yep, keeping it keeping Okay, it awesome. I love it. <laughs> and yeah. so if, if people want to have like um, uh, a Reiki session um, and they're in the sort of Denver area, that's where you'd go to carolynshares.com for, for an appointment? You betcha. Anybody that's in the Denver area could utilize that wants to utilize my services can find me. My website's the best way to get a hold of me, um, or it has my direct messaging, my phone number. I receive texts and calls. Basically, uh, any time or anybody who's in this area that would like to check it out, um, I'd be more than happy to offer a discount. If you mentioned that you heard me on the podcast, I will um, extend a 20% discount for your first visit. So mention that, and I'd awesome. love to see, see more people from all over the place. Yes, 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 yes. Awesome. Yeah. Carolyn, you're amazing. You're doing beautiful work in the world, and I am so, so glad that we reconnected. Um, Me too, Danielle. Any- Thank you so much. <laughs> Yes, you're so welcome. Do you want to leave us with anything else? Any other, um, anything else uh, on your mind in terms of advice or thoughts or wisdom that you have? Um, or did I just, you, you know, know spend, I would just <laughs> I spend say, it all probably. If I, yeah, if I could leave, leave listeners with anything, it would be to stay open-minded and also mm-hmm. remember you don't have to believe it to receive benefit from it. So approach Mm. everything that you know that you encounter with an open mind and also entertain the idea of if this is true, what would that mean for me sort of thing. That's what I would Mm -hmm. say. Love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you, Carolyn. Take care, my friend. Thank you. Yes, you you. as well, and we will be in touch. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining me today on Self-Compassionate Professor. I'm Danielle Delamar, wishing you a wonderful day and much happiness, health, and peace. Take care.